start? Yes. So okay. we're going to eat. So where we are today, and this is so exciting to have our seat. I really am excited. It's a big deal. Um, is we're going to talk about V'sigmalenu chasadim tovim. And fortunately for us, the bracha is also related to that. Baruch HaTashem HaGomel chasadim tovim. Sigmalenu chasadim tovim means may you, I will get to the word gemal, may you uh, ripen. Okay? So may you, may you give us, let's just say, chasadim tovim, good chesed. And we also spoke last week about the word chesed. So that will also save us time in the Zoom because I'm not going to go through the whole thing about the chesed itself, right? Remember, ahava is in feelings what chesed is in deed. Chesed is ahava in action. Okay, so that's as far as we'll go. You can refer back to our collected works for more. V'sigmalenu chasadim tovim, chesed that is good. So what's it, why chesed that is good? Chesed is good. Why would I define it as chesed that is good? Now, this applies to the bracha as well. Baruch Hashem, blessed are you Hashem. Hagomel chasadim tovim, who does good chesed. And now we have yet another qualifier, la'amu Yisrael. We're talking about something very specific. Chesed that is tov, and then chesed that is tov for the Jewish people. Okay, so that's we're going to walk through that a little bit. Um, what are chasadim tovim? In what way would they be different from chasadim? So answer number one, which is interesting, I saw in the Sefer Baruch Shamar from Rav Baruch Epstein, um, Chesed is he calls it Raklashato, meaning it's it's a it's a Chesed, it's a kindness, it's an expression of love, but it's only an expression of love in the context that it happens. You wouldn't wish to repeat it, so that would be a Chesed like being let out of jail early. Ah. Someone who's in jail and gets let out early, that's really an amazing chesed. Or even someone who's convicted and then, the, then the, they have to go through that whole trial process, right? And then the judge will say, okay, fine, we're going to let you off. Or we'll let you off just paying a fine. It's a huge chesed. But nobody would daven for that to happen to them. Even the person it happened to would not be davening for it to happen again. Right. They would be very grateful. They want again. Chasadim tovim are chasadim meikaram. Like winning a lottery. Meaning something that is a chesed, having a baby, right? Getting married. The not, things that happen, getting a new job, where you, um, yes, but I'm not going to eat during this year. <laughs> Everyone else can eat during this year. Don't but I eat during not this year. Offer. Right now I'm just going to toast my fingers and then. Uh, also, you once, you once taught us that chesed is not always, um, like, Right? It's not always a good thing to do for somebody. Chesed sometimes out of control also. Out of control you know, and also exactly. um, sometimes you have to teach the person to do it for themselves or it's not. Right. Yeah, good morning. Right. The, kindest, the kindest chesed is not always the one that feels the most amazing at the time. So over here we're talking about chesed that's chesed openly um, because we're calling it chesed not gavura, let's say or MS, which is a combination of chesed and gvura. That will be an interesting topic when we get to it in about four years. <laughs> How old will I be? <laughs> <laughs> There's so much to learn. We all want to be around a long time to do it. Okay. So chesed that appears to be chesed, there, even there, there's two types. There's chesed that's, that's chesed, and there's chesed that's chesed tov, that, that didn't require something difficult to come before it in order to feel the expression of chesed. Um, that's one way of defining it. 
Um, and actually, you repeat the last sentence. Yeah. I said that didn't feel. Uh, that doesn't require the feeling of some kind of suffering or or challenge oh, ahead of time in order to appreciate what a chesed it is. Um, he actually goes from there and he says, really, if you look at the Dalin Srich in Lahodos, the four people who bring a korban toda, or in our case, say, um, bench gomel, right? So they're really in pairs. He says, there's the ones who go down, who cross the sea, and people who cross through a wilderness or a desert, they have to bench gomel. And then there's also, and they're paired. It's those two and one who was sick and got healed, one who was in jail and was set free. And he points out that these are, they are paired together, two are in the present tense, two are in the past tense. He says that's because one who crosses the sea safely, one who crosses the wilderness safely, they certainly might want to do it again. They, they, they're on business or they're going to visit family or something. Like, who says they wouldn't want to do it again? They're grateful. They have to give thanks for the chesed. But that chesed might be a chesed that you do wish to repeat, whereas the one who was sick and got healed and the one who was in jail and was set free, that's a chesed, but it's not the chesed that they hope it will happen again because that would require also being in trouble again. I do want to take this moment personally to thank Hashem, Baruch HaGomel HaChayavim Tovo Shegmalani Koltov for saving my family personally, and I am very, very grateful, grateful for the difficulty that went before and grateful for the chesed we could feel at the time to be carried in his hand and to be carried to a place where where it's gomel, because gomel means, jumping the gun, gomel means allowing to ripen to its fullest development. And I'm grateful to have been given more time with my family to ripen to our greatest development and hope we'll be zoche to it. Um, translating tov is difficult. I think I mentioned this last time because the word tov in modern Hebrew is like around 82%. Right? We talked about that. So we get stuck with that, the, the chayavim tovos. So um, chayavim tovos, uh, over here we're talking about chasodim tovim. Um, so I'm, again, I'm not going to repeat it because we have like some other things I want to cover today. But I will just point us back to... First of all, the Vilna Gaon, <coughs> which we saw on not so long ago on the bracha of Hanosein Le'ya'ev Koach, where he talked about the definition of good, right? Good is when you can see that something is in a state of God's will, as he created the world to always be, as a glory to Hashem. And he doesn't say it explicitly over there, but it's understood that what Ra is is when something is not yet visible as demonstrating God's glory into the world. Okay, the last Mishnah Navo says everything Hashem created, he created in the world to be a glory to his name, which is very reassuring because it means that the same God who created stars and sun and moon and mountains and incredible, you know, eagles and lions and each one of them that you could look at and you could see that Hashem's name is great and glorious, he also saw fit to create us. And that through looking at us, people could discover that God is great and glorious. So that's an awesome thing, right? When something is raw, it means that it is not yet in a state where you can see death in it, okay? doesn't mean it isn't going there. It is going there, but it is not yet seen that way. It's like the difference between Geula and Golas. All right, so Hagomel, as I, as I mentioned. Um, oh, yeah. that, that means it's something that, is there anything that's raw that's 
absolutely not going to be going in that direction? Is that what that means? As far as I know, there isn't. The closest thing would be Amalek. Um, because Amalek is Mocho Emcha Ezecher Amalek Mitachas Hashemayim. It will be completely erased. But even there, meaning it will be completely erased because there is no tikkun state of Amalek that can exist into a state of perfection. Because the purpose of Amalek is to be the expression of undermining God's name in the world. That, that is what Amalek is. That's why the name Amalek is the same. Gematria, Suffolk, Doubt, right? Kiyad al his hand is like grabbing, trying to pull down the throne of God in the world. That's what Amalek's job is. So it's a job, and it leads to good, but it doesn't in and of itself have an eternal existence as a goodness. Okay? As opposed to... Um, you know, Amalek is like a, seems to be like a coarse seed, an element within Esav. But Esav, you know, the Malach of Esav, Malach Amavis, Malach Yetzahara, all of that does have a good in the end. I, I saw in all of this study about the Yetzahara, I came across a reference that says that, that in the future, it will be the Malach Amavis that also performs Tchias HaMesim. Meaning this is the role of bringing people into a higher world, which is the role that the Yitzhahara plays also now. And the Malachamavis plays even now, right, is to help bring us to higher levels of goodness. So it continues to have its role. But Amalek, that, that aspect, the, the Amalekness of it seems like not so much. As far as I know, there's not another case of it. But there, it seems to me that there can't be anything that's raw that doesn't have right. Because there. God will not his will will not allow his will to be thwarted, and he created right. the world. So there's a lot of ra mixed in the kol, right? The word kol includes tov and ra, but all of it ends up as tov me'od. It's all it all ends up as tov me'od. There's tov and there's tov me'od. Me'od is effort. So there's things that are already good, and there's things that will require a lot of effort to get to good. But it all will get to good. Okay, that's what these, these are from a different share. This is what I did at um, Aliza's house last week. But the, the topic was the Yetzir Hara and Yetzir Tov topic, so I brought along the handouts. I thought you guys might enjoy them. Thank you. Okay, you're welcome. We're not, not really to look at now. They're just to enjoy. I thought they were good. Um, which means that when we say, thank you, Hashem, v'sigmalenu chasadim tovim, please grant us good chesed, we're really saying thank you for making us alive. Thank you for creating us into life, knowing that, realizing that in life we are not perfect. Right? I suppose this handout, life means swimming upstream. We're not perfect, but we're grateful for the opportunity. Tori, she's got set. Um, we're grateful for the opportunity to be created into a world of Tov Ma'od. That's also, you know, <laughs> it was the creation of man that was the creation of the Ma'od in there. So. That's real. I, well, I, that may not be exactly true the way I said it, but it, with the creation of man, it certainly became visible in the world that there was this Tov Me'od concept, right? The Yitzhahara, the Yitzhah Tov going on. We're grateful for that. It's not always the easiest existence, but it's really, really worthwhile, right? Because there is something even better than Tov, which is fighting to become Tov. There's something better than Tov, Tov Me'od. So... I mean, I think we know this in our own lives. We look back. There are experiences that 
might not be ones we would wish to repeat, but that doesn't mean we would give them up for anything in the world after the fact, right? So over here, that's, you know, you add the tovim to the tigmalinu chasadim, and now, now what we're asking for is that which we even would wish to repeat, right? So we're grateful for what we have. We're asking to have more. Gemila, gomel chasadim tovim, sigmalinu chasadim tovim. So ligmol, you, you come across it as weaning, right? Biyom higamel es Yitzchak. Avram made a feast on the day that Yitzchak was weaned. Gemilus chasadim, we think of as giving, like doing chesed. And weaning is kind of negative giving, <laughs> right? Um, so there's another reference, which is about the almonds on the staff of Aaron. It says, Vayigmol hashkedim. And there it means they ripened. And so what we understand from that is really, good morning, what we understand from that is really a deeper sense of what gemilus chasadim is. Ligmol is to give chesed in such a way as to allow for the fullest development of an object. So weaning, you are feeding the baby, but it's feeding them in such a way as for them to develop to be able to feed themselves. A gamal is a camel, right? It's something that develops to be, it drinks, and then it can support itself for a really long time. It's the training something into independence, giving in such a way as to make a person independent, which is why the highest level of chesed is if you can do something that helps the other person become independent of the need to get your chesed, right? So giving tzedakah, the highest level of tzedakah is helping someone get a job. So they don't need to have somebody else give to them. Okay, this comes up in Hazinu. These pages are backwards for some reason that seemed logical to me at the time. Is this what you're going to do to God? It's like, is this how you're going to give back to God? Is this the chesed you do for Hashem? Are you such a foolish nation, so unwise? He is your father. He, he calls you his own. He made you. He established you. Okay? So what's this halashem tigmiluzos? Gemol is the complete ripeness of a mature fruit. Everything that Hashem has done for and to Israel, the special guidance of their fate, as well as the teachings and prescriptions of his Torah, were done for one purpose, to strew the seeds of light and life in the minds and feelings of, these pe- of the people, that these seeds were to come up into fruit of knowledge and deeds in individual and national life. When we say Hashem is gomel chasadim tovim l'amo Yisrael, we are saying that everything he has done for us Everything he has commanded us, every situation he has put us through, both difficult and wondrous, has all been done in order to cultivate that ripening of the fruit, to ripen us, to cultivate us so that we can develop into our fullest abilities of knowledge and actions, which is also a wondrous thought. It actually is the perfect, as you'll see, although we won't really discuss it today at all, um, this is the perfect transition to end brachos and move into Pesuket de Zimra. Because it's always going to flow like in a step-by-step basis. This is the transition. Moving from here's what is in my life, the physical means, the physical resources, that's what we've been looking at all through brachos. Noticing the world around us, the world in us, what God has given us, being grateful for it, 
and dedicating it to serving him. When we get to Pesuket de Zimra, there's a little bit of a different angle there. And that's the, that is really the transition of it. Okay. Chesed Tov. How does a chesed get better than a chesed? Right? So here's another way that a chesed gets better than a chesed. Sorry, my, my notebook is just enough overfull that the pages don't turn. Or Hashem. Okay. Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi Akiva it's, it's who Haya Omer, but it's continuing the statements of Rabbi Akiva. This is a Mishnah in Avos, Perak Shlishi, Mishnah Yudches. Hu Haya Omer, he used to say, Chaviv Adam Shenivra Vitzelem. Cherished is God. Loved is, uh, not God, sorry. Loved is man. Shenivra Vitzelem, that he was created in the image of Hashem. Chiba Yeseira Nodas Lo Shenivra Vitzelem. But it's an extra expression of love. It's, it's a super love. That it was made known to man that he was created in the image of God. Hashem put it in a pasuk. He told us what he did for us. That's a much greater chesed. You know, like Rabbi Goldberg quotes Revolvi, oi lo adam, like oi to a person who doesn't know what his faults are, but oi vavoy lo if he doesn't know what his strengths are. Because mm-hmm. then you don't even know what you have to work with. Right? It's a really big gift for Hashem to tell us, look how much I love you. <laughs> People speak different languages. So sometimes a person tells you they love you by taking out the garbage, by giving you lots of instructions, sometimes by buying gifts, sometimes by saying I love you. People have different languages they speak, which means they also have different languages they hear, right? This can come up occasionally in a marriage, right, where you simply don't hear what the other person is saying, and the other person is saying I love you, I love you, I love you, but you don't happen to know it, and that can come out I mean, number one, you can miss it completely, which is a real shame. But even worse, you can think it meant something different from what it really meant. And that's, talk about a shame, right? Hashem created us in his image, and he let us know that. He made sure we understood it. On that particular point, it's a segue, but there's an excellent book called The Five Love Languages. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. And at 613, that's, yeah. And 613 Mitzvah Star carries a Jewish version of that book. Uh-huh. They right, like. I, I haven't. Version. I haven't seen the other one, but it's kind of clear where it might have gone. And <laughs> it was nice that they. It, no, it's like really thoughtful. The somebody to be willing. Skinnier. Probably. <laughs> right. Meaning they took out, I suppose, some of the other principles right. behind mm-hmm. it and just left the topic. And that it was. It's a kindness to do it, really. Okay. Chavivin Yisrael, beloved of the Jewish people. People shenikra uvanim that we were called God's children. Chiba Yisera no das lahem shenikra uvanim but it's an extra expression of love, exceeding love, right? It's like the difference between Ava and Ava Rabba, okay? Exceeding love, Hashem has made known to us that he calls us his children. As it says, Beloved is the Jewish people that God gave us his cherished tool, a precious instrument. It's an extra expression of love. It's exceeding love, overwhelming love that God told us. I've given you something very precious because if you've ever felt like you were stuck in your life or you ever felt you didn't know where to turn or what to do and then you realized the Torah could tell you, the Torah has guidance for you, the Torah has mitzvahs for you, you're so grateful. 
So that's Chiba Yesera, that have it made known to you that Hashem is giving you a precious gift. It's another expression of Chesed Tov. The purpose and goal of the physical world is Tov. I'm reading from the Rav Hirsch on, this, on the Mishnah Navos. The purpose and goal of the physical world is tov, the realization of all that is morally good. Okay, it takes time. It takes time to fully get there, but it's good. So, we have two brachos, both of which are appropriate to today. Baruch shehechiyanu v'kimanu v'higiyanu lazman hazeh. We're grateful to the Rebona Shalalem who has kept us alive and kept us going and brought us to this day. I think we're on class 70 in this series. That's, that's a big deal. That's milestone. a big deal. Nice round number. Yeah. It's a milestone. Right. There's another bracha. This is uh, to all of us. This has been a real group project. It's a lot of people's commitment and dedication and coming, and it's really, it's really everyone together that's kept it going. I'm, I'm grateful to all of you and to Hashem. And also Hatova Hametiv. Why? Because Atova Metiv is a bracha when it's not only me who benefits, but it's all of us who benefit. When more people benefit, other. You know, that's true also if you have a new house or a new car. If it's for yourself, the benefit, you say Shechianu, right? If you're benefiting other people with it, it's Atova Hametiv. Did you know that? No. Yeah? Okay. Um, instead of Shechianu, I believe so. It's a higher level than a Shechianu. Halacha Lamaisa always better check with someone who, like, has smicha. <laughs> <laughs> like not not such a simple thing. It's good to know the principles of halacha. It helps you know what to ask. Anything could be seen that way. Like if someone gets a new like a new dress, so it's for them. But if they give pleasure to their husband or to their mother or to yeah. whoever to see them in that new dress, then yeah. it's always you can always see it from that perspective. Right. But they're not wearing. The I mean, dress. isn't that isn't that also? Uh, they're not wearing. The, I mean, right. So it could be with clothing. More of it is the feeling of having the new clothing. I don't know, but I think that I think that your point is something instructive. It, how do we see our blessings? Okay, that's what's open on this page. This really was going to use this for a different purpose, but thanks for the segue. This is my my year-round copy of my three copies of Hershagada because I cannot live without the Hershagada, <laughs> either for the week of Pesach or for 51 weeks for in between. It's a spare Pesach copy, lest something happen to one of them. If she finds comments, I need to have more. I have one that I have notes in. It's got notes in it and things like that. So, no, God forbid I should find comments in it, but that's why I have this one. I can put it anywhere. Okay, can't live without the Hirsch Haggadah, mostly because of these two, three pages. Okay, because really, what is a bracha? This, this is suitable here because we are finishing the section of brachos. So, not everyone was here for the beginning of brachos. What's a bracha? Right? A bracha is a channel connecting every something in the physical world to its roots in the spiritual world. Okay. Listen to Rav Hirsch on what a bracha means, on what the words baruch atah mean. I tell you something, I haven't gotten through this whole Haggadah. I've gotten through different parts of it, mostly because I keep getting stuck on this one essay. I, I'm telling you the truth. I get stuck. There's parts of it I know by heart. Over and over and over, you could build your life on one essay alone, you know, and it would be worth it. And because of that, I've actually never gotten through the entire Haggadah. What page is that on? 50 to 51, mostly. 
I don't need to look at the numbers to know that. <laughs> okay, that, the, the main part, the main markings are on 50 to 51. Okay, it's on Baruch HaTov, which is right at the beginning, because Baruch HaGafen, first bracha. Okay, what does it mean to say Baruch HaTov? And we've talked about this but way back in Baruch HaTov, but now is the place to remember that. Does Baruch HaTov mean, Hashem, you are the source of all blessing? That's one major approach. Or, Baruch HaTov, you are blessed. Blessed art thou, right? And that's always a little bit difficult. What could it mean to say Hashem is blessed? Like, we can't do something for Him. So what does it mean then to say Baruch HaTov? How can we make a blessing for Hashem? Okay, here's how he explains it. He says, The moment God made the fulfillment of His will on earth, dependent on the free will of man, this is something we've talked about, the honor, the privilege of being able to carry out God's will, He in effect said to him, Bless me. I have entrusted you with the implementation of my purpose on earth. By promoting my purpose, fulfilling my commandments, carrying out my will, you bless my work and bless me. That's God talking to humanity. Okay? Gonna skip. All other human beings approach their gods, begging and beseeching them. Their prayer says, Bless me. Beginning with the savage kneeling in front of his idol, ending with the savant attempting to impart religion to the enlightened. What they call religion is the product of a feeling of dependence, the sense of utter helplessness on the one hand, their intuition of the existence of a higher being upon which all are dependent on the other. That's the faith on which their altars are built. Bless me. What leads the Jew to God is not the request, bless me, for he understands that his blessing has already been granted. He realizes that everything, the forces of nature, the workings of history, the highlights, the pleasures, as well as the sorrows of his personal life are his blessing. He considers himself blessed in both happiness and grief. What motivates him is not to receive blessing, but to dispense blessing. Not bless me, but be you blessed. These are the words through which a Jew relates to God. The Jew in effect is saying, you have entrusted the fulfillment of your will, the granting of your wishes, the promotion of your kingdom, the implementation of your work to man's free will. It is for this purpose that I am, that I exist. For this purpose you have created me. And every event in nature and history that you are letting me experience, all that you allow me and whatever you deny me, it is all there to remind me of my mission, to revive the strength and resolve within me to fulfill it. Skipping again. Those who say bless me, can they ever find fulfillment of their prayer? They expect that simply mouthing bless me will enable them to do whatever they want. They will get the courage and strength for their aims. But will the prayer on their lips ensure that they attain what is denied to others? who may also be beseeching God at the same time, perhaps for the opposite result? How will this prayer make them succeed where thousands have failed? If our bless me is selfish, it's a level, but it's only a level. It's not the, the Jewish level. It's not what Abraham achieved in getting the bracha, the heye bracha, you shall be a blessing. We're his children. You sh- we should be a blessing. However, to say, may God be blessed through me, that's what Baruch means. May God be blessed through me. Means that one work, one's work is no longer his own doing. At the same time, one is not trying to gain his own ends. His status may be ever so humble. His beginnings may well be ridiculed by others, but he has been assigned to his post by God, the master of heaven and earth, the king of the universe. God knows a man's strength. God's spirit animates him. And he has placed him within the particular context of his occupation so that he may perform his will there and then. Man is his worker, and consequently he has God at his side, always. May your work be implemented through me. 
That is the Jewish call to arms in the ceaseless struggle of life. May God be blessed through me means that one has reached the goal of his desire and remains there at every moment, provided he makes use of it with all the strength granted him in the service of his master. Every moment then can represent the summit of man's aspirations. There's more, but it's uh, the problem is you can't paraphrase Rehersh and maintain the power of his words. So I end up reading inside. I'm sorry, right? It says in Devar Hayaman, David Amel said. Everything is from you. From your hand we give to you. It's two phases. One is recognizing everything is from Hashem. And we say, There's a higher level. The higher level is giving to God from the hand, that which we took from his hand. From your hand we gave to you. You could think about whatever you receive. It's what you said. Thinking about what you receive as something you have to give. How, how does what I have been given, how is that meant to be used as something I give rather than as only something I receive? Everything given, all those essays on chesed, which we didn't go into in depth, were, it's been lent to you. We don't, we don't have anything. God gives it to us in order for us to use it for the purpose of our lives. So you're right. We could think of everything in terms of how we use it, let's say selflessly. I was going to say for others, but sometimes we have to use it for ourselves to be selfless too. So, right, like if I'm going to serve Hashem by not sleeping, it could be such a thing. But generally speaking, I need to sleep in order to be able to serve Him properly the next day. So that's not selfish, even if it's taking care of the self, right? So that's selfless. Really, everything I receive, I can receive selflessly. And everything I need to ask for, I can ask for selflessly. But it's a, it's, that would be reaching the summit of my aspirations all the time. It's hard to maintain that all the time. But it is, in fact, a goal. So, Hatova HaMetiv. Hashem is good and does good. And when he wakes us up, because this is the end of the bracha, who removes sleep from our eyes, when he wakes us up, we can see more clearly that he is good and does good. Right? In the next world, there's only a bracha hatov hametiv because there's no dayan ha'ames bracha. You don't need to make a bracha that says, I, I know that you are doing what is true and correct, even though I don't see it as being good right now. Because in the future time, when we are fully awake, it's all tov. We can see that it's all tov. There is nothing that we would look at and think that it's ra. So we ask Hashem to grant us chesed, chasodim tovim, the full measure of his graciousness, Rav Schwab says. It will be tovim for us and tovim for the benefit of others. Since that's what hatov hametiv means, then he learns that out. Then chasodim tovim what we're saying is, Hashem, please give us that which is good for us and good for others also. That is Baruch HaTov HaMetiv. A chesed tov is something granted to me with which I can bestow favors upon others. That's awesome. That's like, it really is a different way to think about that which God gives us. Okay? That is Gomel. That's fully ripened chesed that we're dominating for. Fully ripened chesed is when I'm given something which I can use to give to somebody else. 
So why, says Rav Schwab, why then do we conclude that with La'amo Yisrael, to his people Israel? What is uniquely given to the Jewish people that would be in the category of a chesed tov, given to us, good for us, and yet could be bestowed upon others? That goes back to that Mishnah and Avos. He gave us the Torah. He gave us klichemda, right? He gave us a Torah that we use not only for ourselves and the sake of others in Klal Yisrael, we use it for ourselves and for the sake of all humanity. His nation, Israel, has received great gifts, and our purpose is to use them for ourselves and to use them for everyone else as well. God is seeking to correct the entire world, right? This is his, this is his project, and we wish to support that and be a part of that. That is a big zechus for us. Thus concludes our study of brachos for the moment. It's difficult to avoid brachos because everything else has brachos in them too. That's why Rav Hirsch says this is how the Jew relates to God, through bracha, because our entire day is linked together in a series of brachos. That's really our whole day is one series of brachos after another. Okay, so I want to talk about the word siyum. I keep looking at my wrist because my watch stopped. Okay. I want to talk about siyum. Thank you. This, this is like a glare, so I can sort of, I can see the hour hand <laughs> and infer where the minutes might be. Thank you. All right. Siyum. What is a siyum? So l'sayim is to complete. Oh, thank you. I'm going to angle that like that. L'sayim is to complete. But a siyum, as you know, if you've been to a siyum or heard about a siyum before, you never end in a siyum. You always start the next thing, at least a little bit, right? Why? What is that concept of starting and beginning? It's that, of course, we never stop learning, right? We finish learning something, we're always starting the next thing. Torah's infinite. We never would think that we... We wouldn't want to stop in a place that feels like we finished. Um, we had that idea, right? I, I think we talked about it here. I'm sorry. Baruch Hashem. I'm not sorry. I'm grateful. I've had an opportunity to have quite a few extra shiurim interspersed among the regular ones, and it has thrown off my memory of what I have said where. So I apologize. Just the last couple weeks. Um... The Maharal says that it is specifically when a person feels complete that they're at risk. We did talk about that in this room, okay, that they are at risk. So we don't want to be in a state where we say, oh, we finished learning something, because no, we don't want to finish. We want to be granted the opportunity to continue going and learning and growing. Now, there's an interesting thing, then, about finishing, which is also beginning again. Asiyum is completing and beginning again. Perhaps not even saying completing. Maybe just seal means beginning again. I don't know. All right. Because you want so to learn some... one day, hopefully. Yeah, and you'll come back around and you'll learn right. more, right? I mean, I have had the opportunity now to do this a couple times, not including the preparation time. That is really, if I think back, this is like quite a lot of time I've spent just thinking, let's say, about brachos. And I'm always learning something new every single time and beyond new and understanding something different. And that's what we hope for. That is really the concept of Siyam. What's the concept of Siyam? So what I'm going to tell you now, no, let me say it like this. The concept of Siyam is the idea of cycles which build upon one another. There are other cases of this, so let me show you some of those. One of them is... Um, 
Okay, I'm not gonna. It's hinted to over here. I'm not. I'm not gonna have this out. Although you're welcome to take it. Unfortunately, my my source sheet somehow got corrupted and disappeared on the source sheet maker. So I didn't have time to recreate it fully. Um, when the Jewish people encamped in the desert, it's Parshas Bamidbar. Uh, no, sorry, Bamidbar. I think. When we camped in the desert, so we have a whole description of how we camped. First, there's the Machana in the middle, there's the Mishkan with the Levium around it. Around that, you have essentially, you could think of it as a square or a circle, you have three tribes on each side north, south, east, and west, east, west, north, and south, outside of the Levium and the Mishkan. And each one is a block of three tribes. Okay, so they form a sort of a square or circle around the Mishkan. That's how we camp. When we walk, Yehuda walks first, right? They, they blow the trumpets, and Yehuda starts. The Mishkan will come around to the front and start going, and then Yehuda behind, and everyone falls into line, and then one by one they all enter in and join into the line with Yehuda at the front and Dan in the back. Okay, so that means that we have two modes then of living. There's a mode of alpi Hashem yiso, by the word of God we travel, which is in a straight line. And there's a mode of living that is alpi Hashem yachanu, by the word of God we camp, we stay still. And that is in a circle or box, okay, so a circle. What's the difference between these things? The straight line is movement, it's progress. It goes from one place and goes to another place. That's what a straight line is about. And no two places there are in the same place. You keep moving and you keep going. The straight line is associated with Olam Hazeh, this world. This is a place for progress. You have time, right? You start in one place and end in another place. You're born in one time moving toward dying in another time. History starts somewhere, ends somewhere. Okay, That is the concept of olam haze, of going. Man, a live person, is a holech, a goer. That's al pi Hashem iso. The circle is associated with olam haba. It's something that keeps coming around to the same place. It's the, Such movement as there is does not progress to anywhere. It is whole, it is complete in and of itself. Okay? So there is a staticness about that, right? So we know that malachim, for example, are called omdim, those who stand still. Okay? This world is a world for progress. Progress requires a lack of being complete, (laughs) by definition. Imperfection is the biggest gift we have to allow us to progress. And perfection is associated with the circle. So the Kliyakar over here in Bamid in, in Bamidbar, in Perak Bays, um, talks about this idea that the Jewish people at Harsin is based on a medrash which is brought in a in the Baliatoskos, which I did not get back onto the sheet the second time around. Um, that at Harsinai, the Jews were able to witness the Malachim. They were able to see a much higher spiritual level in their prophecy. And they were able to see that the Malachim were arrayed in a sort of a circular camp around the Kisei HaKavod. They were arranged in an organized fashion around the Kisei HaKavod. 
and they desire to be able to serve Hashem in this way as well. And so Hashem gave us this gift of the, <laughs> of the flags, right, of the banners, of being able to stand in this array of the machaneh, arranged in this circle around Hashem. But that's when you're staying still. That's encamping. That's not moving. That's not progressing. That, and you go back into the line. And what the Kliyakar says is <coughs> that this hints as well to a medrash in Shir Hashirim. Uh, sorry. It's Shir Hashirim, and then it's brought also in Bamidbar Rabbah, that the nations look at the Jewish people, and they are in awe of our level, and they say, please, you come and stick with us and help raise us up, <coughs> and we'll make you our leaders. And the Jewish people say, what could you possibly offer us? <coughs> what kind of title, what kind of roles could you give us? that would be a greater honor than what we have already, which is the honor of being in the circle around the Shekhinah. <coughs> and that circle around the Shekhinah is also hinted to in a different place where Chazal say that in the future, all of the Shvatim will join hands and dance in a circle with the Shekhinah at the center, which is a way of saying that you take the straight line with Yehuda at the front, and the most chashuv, and Dun in the back, and the least chashuv. And when you pull them around into a circle, Yehuda and Dan are now next to each other, and everyone is equally distant from the Shechina at the center. And what makes that possible is if everyone is turning to face the Shechina. That is the power of the encampment of the Machana and of the dance of the Tzadikim, I'm I've never asked Ari Goldwag, but I assume that that was the source of his... He's got a song called The Forever Dance, right? I'm pretty sure that's what he was thinking about, it seems like, inspired by that concept, right? That there's, there's a forever dance. There's something that goes on forever and ever, and the way you get into that circle is by everybody from wherever they are. Every point on a circle is in a unique place, and yet they are equidistant from the center. How do you have both? How could you have both? How could everyone be different... And everyone have different qualities and different strengths and different weaknesses and still be able to approach equally close to Hashem. The answer is, if you're all turned towards serving Hashem straight on from where you are, then you'll end up with the circle. Not trying to stand where someone else is. If, I would, if the person who's standing at 9 o'clock on the circle tries to face the same direction as the person at 6 o'clock on the circle, one of them is not going to be facing the middle. It's only if each person from where they stand turns to face God in a straightforward way that we can have a circle. Okay. This, this is all awesome stuff. Like, it's really quite, okay, it ties into everything. The nature of time, right? Is time linear or is time circular? Well, it's both. A chodesh, rosh chodesh here, chodesh means new. It's always something new. And it's always changing, Right. The moon is, keeps going up, keeps going down, keeps getting renewed. A shana, shana means to repeat, to go over it, over and over and over again. Okay, time is both. We go through the same cycle of time. When we get to Rosh Hashanah, it is the same Rosh Hashanah from the creation of the world. We're not on a straight timeline. At the same time, it isn't the same Rosh Hashanah. We're not the same. We shouldn't be the same after this Rosh Hashanah as we were after the last one and the one before that and the one before that. We should have changed, right? The Rosh Hashanah itself should have changed us. So really, Rav Dessler says it, Rav Volbi says it, 
I brought a whole stack of sources on it because I'm still working on it. Okay? Time is more of a helix or a spiral than it is a circle or a line. It is a line moving in a circle. So you keep coming to the same place, and yet you are at another level. Okay? We're going to come back to this in Mitzvah Shema, Pesuket de Zimra. The word siyum, if we look at the word siyum, we have on the outside a samach and a mem. This is now me. Okay? I didn't see this anywhere. Feel free to reject it. You have two letters that are the round letters, right? That go all the way around and keep going and going and going. There's nowhere to stop. And in the middle, you have two straight letters. You have two lines and you have two circles, squares. Okay? That's what siyum means. It means I've got straight lines and I'm progressing and I'm going forward and it's new. And I'm also coming back to the same place again. I'm starting over. That's what a siyum is. Okay? The Vilna Gaon famously says, what are the letters? What's unique about the letters of the word siyum? So I wrote that there. Samech, I spelled out. You see, samech, and I put the word samech under it. Yud, there's the word yud under it. Vav and mem. Each letter, okay, has, it has its revealed, its open, its active, visible nature. So the letter samech, it's the letter samech. But it also has its inner part of itself, which is the letters that you don't see, but you hear. So when I say samech, you see the letter samech, but you hear samech mem chav. Okay? Samech is 60. The hidden part of a samech is 40 plus 20, which is also 60. Yud is 10. The vav and the dalid, which are the hidden part of the word yud, is 6 plus 4, which is 10. Vav is 6. The hidden part is also 6. Mem is 40. The hidden part is also 40. Which means that in a siyum, when we look and we say there's been an accomplishment in Torah, the credit goes not only to the active part of the learning, but also to the less visible or inactive part of the learning. Those who are here today and those who aren't here today. And that's for sure true in our case. There are those who are here today, and I'm so happy you're here. And there are those who are here week after week. And there are people who were here in earlier years and can come now. And there are people who've been here all along. And there are people who have been here in later years and not earlier years. And all of us put together is what made a seum. It's, this is the Groz Chiddush, right? Is that the active portion of the letters has the same value of the inactive portion. And that is the message of Siyum. Okay, now you can hear. The active portion, that's the straight lines. The inactive portion, that's the circles, right? They all have an equal value when it comes to a Siyum. The Mishnah, there's a Mishnah in Avos in uh, Perak Yimel. When 10 people learn Torah together, Rabbi Chalavka Bardosa, Ishkvar Hananya Omer, Asara Shiyoshin Ve'oskim Batora, ten people sit and are busy with Torah together. Shrina Shruya Benehem, the Shrina rests amidst them. As it says, Alukim Nitzav Badaskel. Uminaina Filuchamisha, how do we know that even five people learning together? Shinamar Bagudaso Al Eretz Yasada. His gathering together is um, established upon the land. Uminaina Filushlosha, what about if only three people get together to learn Torah? God comes to join even a Beisdin of three to be a member with them. What if only two people get together to learn? Then when they speak together, those who fear God, one person to his friend, meaning just two people, God takes note, and he hears. What about one person? 
God says, in every place where I cause my name to be mentioned, I shall also come and give you blessing. So I'm really grateful to all of you. <laughs> all of you here and all of you not here, right? We have like people who come, people who don't come, people who listen later, people who review later. And I'm really grateful for having had this chance because I think we have something really special here and I'm so glad to be a part of it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm not going to let you go without one word about Soketa Zemra. Sorry, it's a seum, okay? <laughs> but it's going to be not one word, one sentence, okay? What is Soketa Zemra? Such prayers, this is a quote from Chorev, Hirsch, in which you refashion your outlook on life to enkindle teaching God to humanity by your teaching in your life are called chiefly Tehila and Tefillah. Okay, now Tefillah is more specifically Shemona Esrei. Tehila is more specifically, well, Tehillim, or Psuke Zimra within Shacharis, which is mostly Tehillim. Tehila, when referring to general contemplation of God in the world, humanity, and Israel. What is Tehila? Referring to the general contemplation of God in the world. How does God show himself in the world, in humanity, in Israel, in history, in the movements of nations? Tefillah, referring more to yourself. Tehillah gives the contemplation itself. Tefillah, the judgment arising from it. And that shall have to serve well, as our introduction really to Pesuke de Zimra. Yeah, that's a long sentence. <laughs> that was a long sentence. Well. Tefillah. For Rav Hirsch, it's only average. <laughs> Sorry, Tefillah so, is for ourselves. Yeah, that's what you said. <laughs> yeah. That's this a whole is not thing. true. This, um, oh, this, is this true of all the letters? I don't think so, no. Oh, I cool. saw one person, one, one person quoting the Gra. I, I, when I originally saw this, I saw it in like a Pnini Mishulchan Hagra. So it's quotes from the Gra. I then saw somebody quote this at a seum, and he was saying that the Gra says it's only these letters, but I did not go back to check. And I didn't see that see myself. That but yeah, that's, so that's the Gra. The Samach Yud Vav Mem with the hidden letters, that, that's the Gra. The round and the straight, that's just me. Okay. Thank you. Look forward to uh, the future. Thank you all. Please take some fruit.